While the disclosure of infidelity is never going to be a happy experience for either the betrayer or the betrayed spouse, you need to know that there are helpful and unhelpful ways to go about it. And the unhelpful ways can make a difficult experience especially damaging for the betrayed spouse. Today, we want to talk about some of the key things you should cover and be prepared for when disclosing infidelity of any kind. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gindel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have a follow-up episode for you this week. This is episode number 271, and today we're going to be talking about some of the key things that you should include in an infidelity disclosure. This is a follow-up from episode 267, where we talked about things you do not want to do or should not include when disclosing infidelity. Hey there, before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we surveyed several pornography recovery groups, and that's a great resource if you're looking to break an addiction like that. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. If you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice, and most of all, we offer hope. So today, our topic is disclosing infidelity and what should be included. Yeah, or things we should that should be prepared for, too. So let's start with the value of disclosure. Okay. It's probably easy to come to a topic like this and just wonder if there could be anything positive that comes out of it. Well... It's normal to dread an event like this and believe it's going to cause catastrophic and irreversible damage to your relationship. And it may. Those fears may come to reality regardless of how well you prepare. So that's the difficult Mm -hmm. truth. But I want to begin by pointing out that the damage should only be from the behaviors that you're disclosing and not from the disclosure itself. And that's Uh, really what we're aiming for here. That's a good point. A thoughtful, caring disclosure may actually end up becoming a first healing step for your spouse. Think about it this way, like sometimes if you are if you have a spouse who's suspected something for a long time and it's been denied or dismissed or whatever, mm-hmm. well, a thoughtful, honest, full disclosure may actually end up becoming something that really validates their reality Okay, and begin to restore that sense of trust in themselves if they had suspicions, but those suspicions were denied and they didn't know oh, if they were right or not. Right. You know what I mean? They were all confused. Like, this might be the start of things falling into place and making sense and so on. Yeah. So that's not to say that the outcome you desire will be achieved or that the difficult feelings of disclosure will be avoided if it's done right. You can still expect the full gamut of emotions that flow from betrayal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But a well thought out, intentional, planned disclosure is going to offer much greater possibilities of repair and recovery and restoration than a careless or even a forced disclosure. So can you remind us again why we need to have a disclosure? Yeah. So uh, let, let's do that. I'm using some terminology there, right? So mm-hmm. let me start with discovery, okay? Oh, okay. Discovery is when your spouse finds out that some or part of what's been going on, like they discover that there's some unfaithfulness somehow. 
Okay. It's looked like everything, you know, I've seen this from everything that looks like a beef, a very kind of short term process that happens very rapidly where a wife is sitting by a husband and looks at his phone, discovers or sees something, challenges him. And then he's like, oh boy. And he discloses. Okay. So she discovers though. Yeah. Is what initiates it. All the way through to another situation I'm thinking of where a wife had suspicions. And this is in the day before cell phones. She had the phone lines, the phone line tapped in their home. And she recorded conversations between her husband and his affair partner for several months before confronting him. So she uncovered most of the truth that was to be uncovered. That's a discovery. Uh, yeah. Okay. And I think it's fair to make the sweeping statement that a well-prepared disclosure is always better than discovery. Because when you've had several months to build up your hatred and resentment for what is happening inside your home towards your husband, mm-hmm. and then you try to repair that versus you preempting that with, you know what I've done wrong, I need to tell you. And okay. go from there, right? Okay. So discovery is the least ideal. Yes. Now, one variation of, we're going to talk about a prepared disclosure where you're thinking about and preparing about and then disclosing. Mm-hmm. But a variation of this is a forced disclosure. And that's a situation where, for example, if you had a political candidate who had an affair maybe a few years ago or several years ago and ended that affair and never disclosed the affair to mm-hmm. their spouse, but it's election season, the opposition has dug up this information and they're about to hit the news with it. And your uh. wife, the candidate's wife does not know or the candidate's husband does not know, right? So in that case, the betraying spouse is forced to urgently disclose the betrayal, the affair to their spouse. Okay. And that's a very difficult situation to be in, not only because of the betrayal itself, but also the public exposure tied to it, like for both parties and children and family members, like everybody. Affair would be hard enough on its own without all this extra. Yeah. So that's a forced disclosure. And there are other situations that create forced disclosures and... Again, those don't go as well, usually, as a planned and prepared disclosure because it has to happen very fast and it's almost more like a discovery sometimes. Okay. Now, even with all that, though, there's still a lot of variables around disclosure. So the recommending the recommendations that I'm making in today's show are primarily for the more typical forms of infidelity, like an affair has occurred, possibly a pornography addiction, or even some form of financial betrayal. If you're sex addicted and you need to do a disclosure, that is a much more severe situation that warrants a much more carefully planned and thought out approach than even what we're suggesting today. Oh, okay. And we do have team members with our online counseling agency who can help you with a professionally coordinated and planned disclosure. And often in those situations, the the betrayed spouse knows that there's there's a sex addiction. Okay. And we'll be able to spend even a few weeks preparing to receive the incredible extent of all that has happened. So that's a that's like a different ball game than you know, that's major league. We're more in the minor leagues today, not to minimize the impact of discovering that one affair has happened. But yeah, I'm just saying okay. in terms of the league size, in terms of like the, how the disclosure planning looks. Is that okay? Yeah. So like, I think we discussed this in the last one, Caleb, but like obviously disclosure is better than discovery. Yeah. But you would recommend, like even if there's no chance of discovery, you would still recommend disclosure. Well, I always Be- recommend for intimacy. I always recommend honesty. Yeah. Uh, but there might be situations where I would not recommend disclosure. Like your wife has two weeks to live, let her die in peace. Right. Okay. And then the other thing too is as a therapist, I can say you should disclose or you're not going to have intimacy with your spouse. But then I have no idea what the consequence of disclosing is going to be for you. Right. You can't actually make that decision. Yeah. What if she literally kills you, right? Hmm. And I've made the recommendation that no, this is what you need to do. Or what if she divorces you? Mm-hmm. Right, I don't bear any of the consequences of your disclosure. Right, me speaking to a client. So, so we don't force people. But yeah, I mean, if 
Honesty always works better. Secrecy fuels addiction and problems like this continuing. And if you want deeper intimacy in your marriage, you're not going to, I would doubt that you would get there. With a secret. With a secret this size. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So disclosure. Yes. So one of the things you need to do is to make a full disclosure when you disclose. Another piece of terminology just to bring in here is staggered disclosure. And this is where you trickle out information to your spouse over a period of days or weeks or months. Mm -hmm. And any therapist with experience in this field will tell you that that is far more damaging to your spouse than a single complete disclosure. This is one band-aid that needs to come off all at once and not be pulled slowly. Okay. The problem with a staggered disclosure is that your spouse kind of just recovers from one more piece of information and they've stopped reeling from that. And then you hit them with another secret and there's more, Mm. right? And so the cumulative effect of doing that over time is far more devastating than delivering the information in one blow. And then you're always, I think you'd always be expecting something more. Like you never quite know if they're done. No. So your spouse at some point will ask you, is that everything? And you'll say yes. And that's a lie. Right. And then you'll give them more later and you'll say, no, I swear it's all this time. And then you'll give them more later. And, and so they can't even trust your honesty. Yeah. Well, it's because you're not being honest. There's no, but when you're disclosing something, that's, that's a moment oh, you're of honesty. Supposed to be being honest. Yeah. 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 Not okay. only can they not trust your dishonesty, they can't trust your honesty. That's what makes it even harder to recover from. Right. Okay. So, and I understand why people do this. Like the betraying spouse usually wants to minimize the pain that their betrayed spouse feels by mm-hmm. delivering the medicine in small doses. Right. But it doesn't work. It actually has the opposite effect. It's more harmful. So when you're planning your disclosure, one of the most important considerations is that you assemble and you record all of the information that you need to disclose. Mm-hmm. And then you actually deliver all of that information. And that's tricky too, because the actual disclosure moments are so difficult and intense. It's going to be easy to talk yourself out of a full disclosure if you don't prepare what you need to cover ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I'm sure even if you do prepare ahead of time, you could forget. You're gonna, or you're going to want to try and talk yourself out of it. Like, yeah. oh, okay, I don't want to oh, add any more to I this. I shouldn't tell her about that right now. Yeah. Right. But that's better. Like, don't leave anything out. Yes. And be brief too, because you're, it's going to overwhelm and your spouse is going to white out eventually. So, Mm. you you know, you can't, um, yeah, don't be wordy. Now, so you want to have a full disclosure. So what information should that include, right? And we talked about things, information to exclude in episode 267, such as the details of specific sexual acts or what your affair partner wore. Right. Those kinds of details. But what you do need to include is the extent of the sexual activity in basic terms. So for example, we had oral and vaginal sex. Or if it was an emotional affair, the extent of what was shared in broad terms. You should share who the affair partner was, your connection to the person and where you met. And that should be general, not specific, like we met in a hotel for sexual intercourse. Not we met in the Marriott down on 12th. Mm. Now, every time your spouse drives by the Marriott on 12th. It's going to like re-traumatize. Yeah. Uh, okay. So it's it's enough to be honest, but not enough to, to make it difficult for them to navigate around your home area. Mm. Right? Yeah. If uh, sexual intercourse was involved, you should disclose whether you use barrier protection or not, as that has health implications for your spouse. If you are sexually active in your marriage at home at the same time. Mm, yeah. So use... While you're doing this as well, you want to use appropriate sexual terminology, avoid slang. You should also disclose the current status of your relationship to the affair partner or your connections to the partner. If you Mm -hmm. ended it, what did you do to end it? Are there any channels Uh, still open? If you may come in contact with the person, where or how might that happen? So for example, if it was a work colleague, what are the barriers that you're putting in place there? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Those kinds of things. Okay. Like, is there anything else then that they need to know? It's also good to share when you met with the person. 
like it was on evenings or Saturday mornings or when you thought I was going to the gym, so on. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And how often you met okay. with the person. And those that information just becomes, you know, if that looks like it's going to be a lot of detail, you could also you could you could actually share that later and tell that your spouse detail. in the disclosure. Yeah. If it, I mean, if you're going to spend like 20 minutes chronicling a lot of details right, here, it's right. not helpful. You could tell your spouse and I'm prepared to share with you when where and when and where we met in detail if you want that, but I just want I'm just going with who and what okay. happened right now. Okay. So it would be okay to sequester that off because you're not hiding and right. you're not staggering really. You're just saying this information is available to you, but I want to be sensitive to how much you can take in right now. Okay. Can I ask another question kind of surrounding that? Yeah. So we don't want a staggered disclosure, mm -hmm. but from what I'm hearing you say right now, you could like give them the information and if they ask questions, answer them, mm -hmm. but you don't necessarily have to give them all the detail right off the bat. Is that what you're saying? Well, uh, it's an appropriate level of detail for what they can take in is part of the consideration. Okay. And the second part of the consideration that what is excluded should not be excluded on the basis of hiding or covering up or minimization. Right. right. So, and the way to avoid that is to make sure your spouse knows that the information is available right now if they want it or later okay. if they want it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And because if you, if you appear to be hiding it right. later, that's a staggered disclosure in the sense that that's another betrayal event because you hit right. this. You didn't right. even tell me anything, everything when I asked. So if they ask, it's more important that you are completely open and honest and give them all the information than even if you see them getting overwhelmed with it. You still need, because they asked, you still need to give it. Uh because otherwise it'll look like you're hiding it. You need to be ready and willing to give it. Okay. But it's not, it wouldn't be unreasonable to say like, look, like I'm really worried about you right now. Like I knew this was going to be hard on the, mm -hmm. hard on you, but like you look really distressed and I'll give you this if you want it. So I'm not hiding anything, mm -hmm. but are you sure you're ready to receive all of this right now? Okay. It could be okay to check in on that. Okay. Yeah. So it's not like no matter what, I'm going to back the dump truck up and pull the lever. Right. You don't want to sort of, you got to be somewhat flexible here. Okay. But it's a willingness, most importantly. To, to give them everything. Totally honest and transparent. Okay. Everything with, you know, make sure you listen to our things to exclude episode, by the way. Yes. <laughs> That's the caveat. Uh, so next thing is be thoughtful about the timing. Don't stumble into I think we covered this a little bit last time on or then in two six seven. Don't stumble into a hasty disclosure or start when you know you have a fast approaching mm. deadline or a commitment coming. It's not something you want to do on the way out the door or just before your kid's Christmas concert. Yeah. Choose a time when you have at least two or three hours available to sit with your spouse to go over everything to answer his or her questions. And it should also be a time ideally where he or she will have time to process what you've disclosed as well uh -huh. by themselves. So don't disclose, oh. for example, in the afternoon when your friend's coming over for the weekend or for the evening. Yeah. Like it's, I'm going to give you this. You're not going to be able to do anything with it. And you're going to have to look like you're fine to our friends for. Right. Right. That'd be hard. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes in an evening and where there's an overnight period and a morning that's free, that kind of thing, or a Friday before a weekend that's free. Okay. You also definitely want to bring your empathy to the disclosure. But I'll have to hear what you're going to say on this. But part of me is like, yes, you need to have empathy. But the other part of me is like, if you go overboard on the empathy, like, uh, I'm not quite sure how to say this. Like, don't try to turn into my stinking therapist right now. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah, no, no. like you've just yeah. hurt me so badly and now you're like patronizing me. Yeah. Definitely don't want to be patronizing. Well, let's go through it. Okay. I'll listen. I'll try and listen with an open mind. Good job. <laughs> 
Now you're yelling at me. All right. So one psychologist, when we were studying up on this, stated that discovering a partner has been unfaithful is a traumatic event that shatters all the basic assumptions of commitment, love, and honesty. Understanding the story of what happened is an essential part of recovery from that trauma. Okay. So your spouse is going to be trying to understand. Okay. And along with that, they're going to have a range of very strong negative emotions. And if they're stronger than what you expect, you may even find yourself thinking like, wow, my spouse is totally overreacting here. Can I just say something? I am coming from like hearing of the wife's perspective on this. And don't ever tell your spouse they're overreacting when you are disclosing. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, how would you even begin to reasonably dictate what they should feel? You just shattered their world. Like, yeah. Yeah. And part of, you know, to be involved, typically to be involved in an affair, at some level, you've had to numb down your own conscience Mm. and your own. So you, you can't grasp what this is going to land like on an unnumbed person, Ah. unprepared as well. Yeah. Okay. So you have to understand and acknowledge the feelings that are there, even if you don't understand them, even if they're far stronger than you expect. Yep. And so here's some common things following disclosure. One is intense emotional disruption. You should expect your spouse to feel like derailed or blindsided or devastated or all of those things. Okay. They will feel shocked and grieved. They may experience numbing. There could be confusion, disorientation. There could be anger, incredible protest to what has happened or despair or depression. Mm-hmm. These are all things that can come out. And some spouses just will want to get away. They want time apart after you've disclosed. They may want to leave. They may want you to leave. Okay. As well. Just time to process. Yeah. Would just urge a little bit of safety around. Are you sure you're safe driving? If if your betrayed spouse wishes to leave, uh, can I call someone to pick you up? Can I arrange for a taxi to okay. the mall or wherever you're going? Okay. That's an interesting point. Yeah. So you definitely want to bring your empathy to the disclosure and understand that, you know, this is going to be hard for your spouse. Mm-hmm. Very hard. And it's good to bring, did you want to add something there, babe? It probably wouldn't be helpful. Okay. You want to include support options as well because your spouse is going to be terribly upset, right? So having some support options, some forethought about here's some resources that might be available to you and just providing those, but not, you know, that's not going to make it better. Oh, how wonderful of you. Thank you. It's yeah, gonna, thanks for shattering my world. Yeah, but just having some of those things on hand is is wise and helpful. Okay. So those include things like online resources, such as articles, podcasts, videos that may be helpful. Okay. Uh, stuff off our show, our articles, obviously, or there's lots of others. Some spouses will likely uh, turn, or not likely, but some spouses really turn to research. Yeah. To try to understand what's happened, to make sense of it, to recover from it. And just having some starting points, like often people don't know that there's all this information available out there. And if you're listening to this, you found it, help your mm-hmm. spouse find it. Mm-hmm. Be good to have a few, uh, yeah. Yeah, because when people turn to Google, they might find good stuff, but they might not. Yeah. And so... Yeah, we actually... Yeah, there's a competitor in our space whose only approach is basically to leave and end the marriage. Yeah, exactly. And they don't have a paradigm for healing the marriage. No. If that's if, what you want to do. And I think if you're hurting so badly, you're going to naturally gravitate towards that. Exit strategy stuff. Yeah. 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 So I mean, you don't want to be like... You can't be controlling of what they're yes, researching. Exactly. But on the other hand, if they have some good starting points, then they can get help. Mm-hmm. It's more honest to provide your spouse with something that 
here's how you make that says here's how you make a decision whether to stay in the marriage yeah. or not than to provide your spouse only with here's how you repair your marriage right here's how Two. you repair marriage or here's how you leave the marriage. so you want to be careful about your filtering so that it, yes it's agreed. friendly to the marriage and supportive but it's not controlling like you said i think yeah. that was a really good way to put it okay also some counseling options uh do some research find two or three therapists who are familiar with working with betrayal trauma or infidelity links to their websites Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, it's important that your spouse chooses the person, someone that they think is a good right. fit, that they feel is a good fit for them, rather than just going with the person that you think is most qualified. Okay. You also want to uh, have suggestions around their support network. So it's often very shameful to have to tell your best friend or your mom and dad that you've been cheated on by your spouse. Yeah. And your spouse may even want to refrain from telling anybody in order to protect you. We've seen that. Yeah. But she should be encouraged to reach out to at least one or two people who would be a strong support for your spouse. And also I would suggest at the same time, a friend to your marriage and a supporter of rebuilding what's being broken, what has been broken between you. Again, not controlling information here, but it's also not going to help your spouse to just have someone on their side that will vilify you. Right. The person needs to be honest about the wrong you've done and yes. how bad it's hurt and all of yes. that stuff. But just to have a hater in your corner is may not even help your spouse to make to a heal. clear-headed decision about yeah. their healing and what they want to do. Okay. Uh, some larger cities will also have support groups for betrayed spouses, especially spouses of sex addicts. Um, not, we're not speaking particularly to that population here, but um, it's just worth knowing about. And those kind of groups can be very helpful as well as resources, so you could look for them too. Okay. So that's support options that you can include. Uh, you should also include an apology, but without expecting forgiveness. Mm, yeah. So don't forget to include that sincere apology. And uh, at this stage, like it's got to be sincere, but it's still it's largely a token, but you can't not include an apology. At the same okay. time, don't expect the apology to land with, oh, I'm so glad you said you were sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So no okay. words are going to heal what you've done at this stage, but it would be neglectful to include that sort of heartfelt expression of remorse regarding the hurt and pain that you've in inflicted. It's not the time to ask for forgiveness directly, but maybe worthwhile indicating you know you don't deserve forgiveness, but you hope in time your spouse will be able to forgive you. So mm, sort okay. of just there, but no pressure. Understanding it'll take time. You're not going to put pressure on that type of thing. Okay. It's also valuable in the apology to acknowledge your spouse's feelings, saying something like, I can see that I've hurt you terribly, and this is going to be terribly difficult for, or very difficult for you to figure out to heal from. Okay. So that's like the And I'm so part. very sorry that, I, that you have to go through this right now. It's not what you'd planned, mm -hmm. and I did it to you. You didn't ask for it. That's just kind of that acknowledgement in the apology, right? Okay. It's acknowledging the blindside part, being blindsided. Gotcha. Okay. You should also state your commitment to taking responsibility for what you've done. And to making amends, I take full responsibility for this. I'm not going to blame you for what has happened in any way. Okay. I understand that I need to take time to make sense of how I came to make this choice to betray you, so I don't ever go there again. Okay. Yeah, I like Just that. Just don't make it too much about yourself, though. No, but mm -hmm. then to me, this sounds more realistic than, you know, walking in like, oh, don't worry, you know, I'm disclosing, it's all in the past, I'm fine now. Oh, yeah. Right. Whereas this is like, exactly. no, I need, like you need time to heal. I need time to figure this out. I don't ever want to do this again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I like what you're saying too, though, about like, don't make it all about you. Yep. And then just to kind of wrap up, okay. uh, I wanted to try to answer the question, is disclosure the end of my marriage? Maybe. Maybe. Disclosure starts a period of uncertainty where you may not know for sure if your spouse will stay married to you. Mm -hmm. And that's a tough spot to be in. One source we found in our research stated that relationship volatility following disclosure, such as threatening to leave, has not 
or has been found not to predict the eventual marriage outcome. So how angry your spouse is at disclosure is not a predictor of whether your marriage is going to last or not. Or they might say things yep. that don't actually come to pass yep. in their anger. Okay. So, I mean, basically you have to hang in there and see what happens, well, right? Yeah. You set yourself up for all this when you made the choice to engage in those extramarital activities. So you can't put an expectation yes. back on your spouse now to remove this uncertainty for you. Yes. Or to take care of the emotional distress of the uncertainty that you have. Mm-hmm. On top of having to figure out and take care of their own feelings and disaster that they're in. Yes. So don't needle your spouse about whether they're staying or not. And that kind of thing. Like you have to just live with this. Like it's your own fault. You got yourself into it. Yeah. It's not your spouse's responsibility to let you off the hook. Yeah. One of my clients said to me the other day, I created the monster (laughs) and they weren't referring to their spouse, but just the situation. Yeah. And that's what it is. Yeah. Many, many couples do heal from infidelity, even profound or extensive infidelity, such as secret sex addictions that have lasted for decades. Wow. And I just say that too, because I've also had people say to me, you know what? Like we never realize that people go through this and recover. Huh. So I wanted to put that out there for Give that reason. Hope. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And so disclosure begins a long, a longer than you want process, a mm-hmm. difficulter than you want process. <laughs> I just made up a word there. Mm-hmm. But it is possible with time to regain and rebuild trust. And to do that, you're going to have to re-engage with your spouse to take responsibility for what you've done. You're going to have to reassure your spouse of your commitment to the marriage, mm, to yes. sorting your junk out. You're going to have to increase the communication you have with your spouse. And okay. you're going to have to be patient with your spouse through his or her betrayal trauma as well. And eventually your spouse will need to forgive you. Huh. Yeah. So all of those things come into play. Right. And I'm guessing this is quite a long process. It's going to take longer than you want. And that's another thing I've learned from my clients is you can't expect your healing trajectories to align. So you might figure out how you got into this, why you got into this, work through your shame, Mm. sort of really grow all of a sudden, solidify yourself. And your betrayed spouse is still just like reeling and in pain. And So you can't be like, okay, what's wrong? I'm better. I'm good. Are we all good? Uh, yeah. yeah. So it's it's so a tough. This just sounds like so much pain. Yeah. Yeah. Sin. Wages of sin is death. The Bible says causes yeah. a lot of pain. But on a more positive note. Yes. We'd like to thank Laurie and Maureen and Jay and Christina who became patrons between this recording and our previous one. And thank you to all of our patrons. And we hope that you find all these extra things we post very helpful. Yeah, there's a variety of them. So they're not all in betrayal situations, obviously. No. Some are just trying to build their marriage and others are trying to recover from very difficult circumstances. Yeah. And we have an iTunes review. Yes. Great advice from Aussie Blondie 13. I wonder if this is another Australian uh, thingy. I don't know. Hmm. Anyways, Blondie says, so glad I found these podcasts. Helps me understand and process a lot of questions I have had. Easy and fun to listen to. Good. So we're glad you enjoy them. Next yes. week. We're talking about what to do when your husband won't deal with his pornography addiction. Okay. That's going to be another like painful Yeah, we're dealing with some tough stuff, but... Yeah, we are. We're helping a lot of couples out of tough stuff right now, too, and they're creating newer, new relationships with one another that are thriving and healed and better than they were before. So most of all, we offer hope. Yes. That's all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oif.link slash 271. Find out how you can help. Go to oif.support. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oif.support. 
A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.